said several things here recently about that uh, song, The Love of God, and it's one of my favorite. The love of God reaches greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It reads or goes beyond the highest star, reaches to the lowest hell, and we could never describe, explain the, the marvelous, wonderful love of God and uh, God's love. Thank you, uh, ladies, for that song. Joshua chapter 3, if you'll stand with me, if you're able to this morning, as we read together a portion of God's word. I love church and, and uh, grateful for the privilege here at Valley Bible Baptist Church, grateful for your presence here this morning. It's just good to be in church today. It's uh, so good to see uh, your faces today. And, and I hope you've come with a heart here this morning. We need to hear from the Lord. Uh, we need his word. We need his direction today. And, uh, and I hope we'll take some time just uh, at this moment to yield and just uh, allow the Lord uh, today to have his way in our hearts and in this service. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire chapter at this point. We're going to come back and bring out some thoughts out of this chapter. But I want to read here the, the first portion. And if you look with me at verse number 1, uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. And, and Joshua rose early in the morning. You'll find this to be the case on several occasions in the life of Joshua. And uh, you'll find uh, many times that, that very statement, he rose early in the morning. And uh, you'll find always the early bird gets the worm. And I think there's just something about, uh, about the principle of... Uh, of not being lazy, uh, being, uh, being uh, a worker, uh, being uh, just uh, always uh, steadfast. That's, uh, that's important. And he rose early in the morning. They removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. Uh, he and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there should be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Uh, come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. And I want you to just see this, this statement. I've underlined this in my Bible. For you have not passed this way heretofore. Uh, there have been many times in my own Christian life where there has been just something new, something that I've never done before, something I've never experienced before. Uh, just a time you, you come to this place. I've never been here before. Remember my first hospital visit. You've not passed this way here too far. My first funeral, my first baptism, uh, those were things that uh, you, know, you just sometimes you, you get into it, you act like you know what you're doing, even though you don't know what you're doing, and you just press on. And uh, uh, but the Christian life is uh, a lot of times taking steps of faith. Uh, you have not passed this way heretofore. And as Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And we're going to, to just give this thought here this morning, walking in places you've never been before. Walking in places you've never been before. I'd like you to join me this morning, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's take a moment here today just to yield to the Lord and to let God have his way in this service. Father, you're so good to us, and I thank you for the love of God that we've heard uh, just uh, dealt with in song. Uh, Lord, that your love is so great, so mighty. And, and Lord, here this morning, 
I'm, I'm thankful that you know every heart and every need. Lord, there's somebody here today that's facing a trial. They don't know how they will ever get through it. Uh, Lord, there's somebody here today that uh, maybe uh, just going through uh, a relationship issue or uh, maybe somebody here this morning that you're doing a work in their heart and, and uh, they're coming to uh, maybe a place of a new commitment and uh, just not knowing quite exactly where that's going to take them. Lord, would you uh, here this morning just uh, help us and teach us by your word and minister at the very point of need. And Lord, I pray your grace as I preach this morning. Uh, just help me this morning. I want to yield to you uh, right now. And uh, Lord, just guide in every aspect of what's said and spoken. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated here this morning. Now, as you uh, know the background of this particular passage of Scripture, uh, God has at this point brought the children of Israel. This is the second generation. He's brought them to the brink of the, of the promised land. And he's uh, prepared them to enter into the land and to conquer the land. And uh, his goal for them is that they after crossing the Jordan, then would conquer this entire land and uh, that this would be given and dedicated to the nation of Israel. Now, before he could do so, before they would enter into the promised land, they're going to face an obstacle. The obstacle here is the Jordan River. It stands before them, and at this particular time, if you look at verse number 15, the Jordan River at this season overflowed its banks. And as they that bear the ark will come to the Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. And notice the statement here, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks, uh, uh, all his banks all the time of harvest. And so this was the season where the Jordan River was the deepest and the widest that it would be at any point in the year. And so they're to conquer the land, but to do that, they've got to get the people across the river. God told his nation, I'm going to work a miracle. Uh, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. I'm going to use this to prove my servant Joshua. If you look at verse number 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And it had been 40 years earlier or 40 years previous that uh, God brought the children of Israel to the Red Sea. Uh, they had the Red Sea uh, in front of them. They had Pharaoh's army behind them. Uh, they had mountains on either side of them. And uh, God would part the Red Sea and he would magnify his servant Moses before the nation of Israel. And they would walk through on dry land. And now God says to them at the end of the journey, that was the beginning of the journey, and now at the end of the journey, God is going to do something similar, and God is going to make a way uh, through the Jordan River. And uh, for this uh, generation, if you look in verse number 10, uh, God says to them, He's going to reveal to you my future plans. And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out the, from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. And what God says is, I'm, I'm going to get you across the river, and it's going to be a testimony to you that I'm going to do something special. When I bring you into the land, I'm going to defeat the armies and the nations that are there in the land. Now, here's what God is saying. I'm going to do something that you've never seen before. 
Uh, you're going to walk in places that you've never walked before, and you're going to do some things that you've never done before. Uh, but I'm going to be with you in the midst of it all. Uh, every one of us is going to have a Jordan River to cross at some point in our lives. Uh, there's going to be an obstacle that's going to come your way it's going to seek to keep you from the will of God for your life. It's going to keep you from uh, doing what God wants you to do. Uh, maybe it's a new opportunity. Uh, beyond the Jordan River was a new beginning for this nation. It was the promised land. It was a land uh, for them that would represent the milk and the honey uh, of the Christian life. For us, it represents the land of Christian fruitfulness and Christian faithfulness. You know, there are opportunities before us, and uh, God wants His children to know uh, the abundant Christian life. It's my conviction that God wants each one to be saved, but not only to be saved, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Uh, God does not want you to just exist as a Christian. He wants you to be a fruitful uh, Christian. He wants you to know the joy of a walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, to get to this land of opportunity, there's Jordan River. It's got to be crossed, a new commitments, a new surrender of life. The Jordan River might represent for you not only a new opportunity, but a, a place of uncertainty. The Jordan River would represent for the nation uncertainty. How would they cross it? God brought them to the brink of it, but how are they going to get to the other side? What would be on the other side? And so it is at our Jordan River, we're blind to the future. Our job is not to figure everything out. I'm so thankful to the songs, Brother Kim, this morning that you chose. And my life verses, as Brother Kim mentioned, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths all the way the Savior leads me. And here the, the uncertainty of the future, our job is not to figure everything out, but simply to trust in the Lord, to obey the Lord. And I can look back, and God's working in my life, and, and so many instances, uh, you know, I, I would come to that place of uncertainty, and I would feel that God would want me to cross the river, but I had no idea, what, what am I getting into? Uh, what is it going to be? And I remember coming to, to Española, and I uh, think, I don't know what it's going to be, but I knew this was the will of God. And uh, it's an uncertainty about the future. Uh, that Jordan River would represent a place of impossibility. Uh, getting across the Jordan was humanly impossible for this entire nation in such a short period of time. Uh, how are they going to do it? It's going to take a miracle of God. And that's a, a blessing when you are at a place in your life that you need a miracle of the Lord. Uh, God will often bring us to our Jordan to get us to the other side. It's humanly impossible, but uh, we have to look to the Lord, and we need His miracle to accomplish what is needed. Uh, this Jordan River would be a place of difficulty because beyond the Jordan River, there's the city of Jericho. It's a strong-walled city, uh, many giants, and you remember the first generation, they failed because of the giants. They would not enter the promised land because there were giants. And they said, we are in, uh, our, in their sight as grasshoppers. Uh, there are strong nations to conquer. 
the first generation. They shrunk back in unbelief. Uh, but God would use the Jordan River to show them, if I can get you across the Jordan, then I can win any battle. And you know, there's sometimes the Lord will do something special, answer a prayer, intervene in such a way, and it's just a testimony to you uh, that if God be for you, who can be against you? <coughs> At our Jordan River, maybe there's a miracle. Uh, maybe there's an answered prayer, a divine intervention, and it gives you the courage to, uh, by faith, face the future and look forward to God's blessing. Now this morning, I want to just look at the thought and uh, picture ourselves at the Jordan River. I want you, whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you're dealing with this morning, I want you to put yourself at that Jordan River. And uh, what is that impossibility? What, what is that situation in your life uh, this morning? Uh, you need to get to the other side. You're at the, at the edge of the river as the children of Israel. You need to get to the other side. How are you going to do it? Maybe at the Jordan of your life and this place of uncertainty as you think of the future is filled with fear, anxiety, maybe a place of difficulty, something that you're facing, it's beyond you, it's beyond your ability, maybe a place of testing, trial, uh, going through some suffering or, or some uh, circumstances beyond your control. Uh, maybe it's this place of opportunity as you look to the future and, and a venture that's ahead of you. How do you cross the river? How do you get to the other side? And uh, these are some principles that we're going to look at this morning. These are some things that in my own life, uh, God has often worked as I've come to a Jordan River, as I've come to this place in my heart and in my life. How do you get to the other side? Of the river. Well, as we look at the children of Israel, uh, there are some things that God teaches, some things that He worked in my own heart at my own Jordan rivers. I want you to look at verse number three uh, here in uh, Joshua chapter three and verse number three. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant, I want you to notice this the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. And the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place. Notice the statement, and go after it, and go after it. In verse number 6, And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, and went before the people. Now, I, I believe the ark would represent this thought for us this morning. If we're to get to the other side, we have to follow God's leading. God said, uh, you're, you're, the priests are going to take the ark, and you are to go after it. Now, this is important. The ark of the covenant represented the very presence of God in their midst. It was the testimony of God's presence. Now, through the wilderness, uh, God led the children of Israel by the pillar of cloud in, in the day and the pillar of fire by night. And God's presence would go before the children of Israel and they would camp at various locations in the wilderness as led by God. And they were to follow the, the presence and the guidance of God. Now they come to the edge of the Jordan River and God said you're to, to look to that ark of the covenant and, and then uh, you're to follow it as the priests uh, step forward to move forward. You're to follow 
uh, that Ark of the Covenant. And so God uh, would here give them this picture of his very presence. You know, here's a blessing if you're saved this morning. And this is what the children of Israel had experienced. God was with them. And God would not ask them to do anything that he would not go before him. In other words, if God was going to direct them across the river, God was going to go with them through the river. And that becomes very evident here in this passage of Scripture. And I love Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 2. When thou passest through the waters, God said, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And when we walk in places that we've never been before, it's essential that we follow the presence of God, the guidance of God. You know, for all of his saved, he's given the gift of his Holy Spirit. If you're saved this morning, the Spirit of God dwells within you. His Spirit guides you. His Spirit goes before you. And Paul warned on several occasions, let the, the peace of God rule in your heart. And you'll find even in the life of Paul the Apostle, Acts chapter 16, we know of the Macedonian vision. And Paul is seeking the direction of God. And and God, had, uh, as Paul was praying about where to go next, and uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, no, not, not here. And the Holy Spirit said, no, not here. And then God gave to Paul this, we call it the Macedonian vision. And it was the one from Macedonia that called, come on hither and, and help us, and uh, gave Paul the direction, uh, the guidance for his life. We've already mentioned Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. I've told this story before, but this was back in January of 1988 and uh, many, many years ago now uh, that uh, my wife and I were seeking and praying God's direction. We wanted to know the, the will of God. Where did God want us to go? What was the next step? And I knew that, uh, that somehow God wanted me to pastor. I thought perhaps planting churches in Mexico. And we had uh, looked at uh, God's direction as to where that would be. And, and uh, it was in uh, January the 10th, 1988, that we came and visited a church service at the old facility here at Valley Bible Baptist Church. And uh, that particular Sunday morning, uh, the pastor then resigned by letter. He had cancer. He was in Houston, Texas, being treated for cancer and sent back a letter of resignation here to Valley Bible Baptist Church. Uh, that day, as, as we were uh, praying and seeking the Lord, we went out, had a sack lunch after church, and we went out to uh, over by San Juan, the old bridge that goes across the river. And uh, there we brought our sack lunch and found a little place that we would sit down and, and eat, and, uh, and there we prayed concerning God's will. And I remember so clearly the Lord dealt with my heart, this is where I want you. And uh, just the peace of God that would rule in our heart. Now, this church had not even called me to be the pastor here. The church didn't even know me, who I was and what we were doing. But I knew deep in the depths of my heart that this was where God was going to place us. Uh, I preached that night in Santa Fe, New Mexico at a uh, church. And the pastor there recommended me here to Valley Bible Baptist Church. And long story short, in March of 1988, uh, I came here as the, the new pastor at Valley Bible Baptist Church. Uh, there was the guidance of God. There was the peace of God. There was the very presence of God. 
that would lead us in a place we've never been before. It is a river that had to be crossed. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. Now, the Ark of the Covenant represented something much more than that. It represented the Word of God. Uh, For within this Ark of the Covenant was the law of Moses. And this was God's covenant of promises to the children of Israel. And so in verse number 3, the Bible says uh, of uh, Joshua chapter 3, and you're to go after it, you're to follow the presence of God, you're to follow uh, the word of God, and I find that God's word will never lead you contrary to God. Never. The word of God will never lead you astray. In Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And God's word can lighten the path as we come to places we've never walked before. Uh, the word of God will give direction. You might ask, how can I have a God-honoring message or marriage? The word of God will direct you. How can I know uh, the will of God uh, for who I am to marry? The word of God can give you direction. How can I raise godly children? Uh, God's word can uh, instill the principles that will bring about that in, in your life. How can I know? Or how can I be saved and and have 100% of certainty? God's word will direct you into the knowledge of salvation and to the full assurance of salvation. Uh, How can I get through this crisis in my life? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, God's word offers direction. I want you to look in Joshua chapter 3 and verse number 9. Joshua 3 and verse number 9, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. See, God's word will give direction, and God's word will build faith, and Here Joshua gives the word of God unto them and he says, Hereby ye shall know that I will go before you and God's word will build faith in your life to conquer the Jordan rivers and the Canaan lands of your life. Follow God's leading. That's represented by the Ark of the Covenant. Now this is very important. Look with me in verse number four. How do you get across the river? Follow God's leading, but sanctify yourselves in verse 4 he says yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure come not near unto it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way heretofore and Joshua said unto the people notice this sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you God says to this nation, you're about to walk in places you've never been before. I'm going to do something in your midst that's greater than things you've seen before. You're going to do things that you've never done before. And what God says through Joshua is you need to get ready. How do you do that? Sanctify yourselves. It means to set yourself apart, to consecrate yourself, to deal with sin, to purify your heart. You see, this is a special deal that that nation is about to experience. They're they're going to witness a miracle of God. And they're not to take this haphazardly. 
Uh, no, they are to approach this and in, in, all, uh, in all sincerity of heart. Sanctify yourself. If we're to cross the Jordan River, you need to prepare your hearts. I think so many times we miss the blessings of God because the hearts are not prepared. And when the Bible says sanctify yourself, and uh, literally means to separate yourselves from all the cares uh, of this life. So often the cares of the world crowd out the things of God. And so many times in our Christian walk we have to prepare our hearts if you really want to hear from God, you want to have the Word of God, you want to have the direction of God, you've got to put yourself in a position you can hear from God. Now, I believe church is a big deal. I like coming to church, but you know, many, many times, so many people are so filled with the world, when they come to church, they can't even hear from God. And it's important, even in coming to church, that we prepare our hearts, we sanctify our hearts to hear from God. Our, our attitude in coming to church ought to be to meet with God. I'll just share with you something that for me is very important. And, and even through the years, uh, in preparation for Sunday, for us Saturday night was a big deal. I, I didn't want to be out late on Saturday night. I didn't want to be out in the world. I, I wanted to be prepared, wanted to prepare my heart, wanted to have our clothes uh, prepared for our family. I wanted to do our best for church and, and to come. We're coming here for the presence of God. We're coming here to hear from God and to sanctify ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we show up and we expect God to do something in our midst. My friends, sometimes you're not ready for God to do something. And if you want God to do something, put yourself in a position that God can do something very, very special in your heart and in your life. That God can speak and you know, sometimes God does a special work I found through camps. And I, I think one reason is we get the kids away from the cell phones and away from the social media and away from all the outside influences. And kind of interesting uh, that at the first uh, services, there's very little movement of God. But by the time we get to the end of the week, it's like God does something special. He breaks through it. Why? Because we finally got set apart where God could speak and deal with our hearts and sanctify yourself. Really separate yourselves from the cares of the world. Sanctify yourselves means surrender yourselves. You want God to do something special? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, what does he say? Beseech you to surrender your life a living sacrifice unto the Lord. God was asking Israel uh, to come to a new surrender of heart. God said to this nation, I brought you to the river. Uh, and I, I want you to sanctify, come with a new surrender of your life. Uh, and would you ask yourself this morning, am I really surrendered to God? Am I really surrendered to God's will for my life? A am I following my flesh, my desires, my dreams? Or have I yielded my life, my dreams, my flesh to the Lord? Am I truly surrendered to God's will for my life? If I'm going to have the, the Jordan River, right up before me and enter into the promised land, uh, I've got to come with a surrender of heart to the Lord. 
Sanctify yourself. Separate from the cares of the world. Surrender your lives, but cleanse yourselves. See, if we're truly wanting to see God do wonders in our midst, in our church, in our family, we've got to deal with sin. We've got to deal with sin. Sin hinders God. Sin breaks fellowship with God. You can't serve the world and God. Got to determine who you're going to serve. And if there are things that stand between you and the will of God for your life, you've got to be willing to surrender that to the Lord. If the Jordan is to be parted, we must be serious in dealing with sin. If we're going to have God do a work in our family, we've got to be willing to get the filth out of the home. We've got to be willing to get rid of those things within the home that are bringing us into bondage. So many of God's children and God's homes today are in turmoil. And uh, so many times the bondage of this world has so dictated the direction of our homes and our families. My friends, you want the blessing of God. Sanctify yourself. If you want God to do something special, he's still God. The same God that parted the river is the same God that can do a wonderful work in your home. It's the same God that can do a work in your life. Are you willing for him to do that? Sanctify yourselves. Follow God's leading. The Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of God, represented the word of God. Sanctify yourselves. Look with me in verse number 7. If you want God to part a river, verse number 7, magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now, I present this this morning. Joshua was a type of Jesus Christ. I believe there's a picture that's given. See, the Lord, or Joshua, would lead the children of Israel into the promised land. The law represented by Moses could not bring them into the promised land. The law cannot bring you the peace of salvation. The law can tell you God's expectations, but only Christ can give you deliverance. Only Christ can give forgiveness. And so Joshua would be the one that would represent or go before them, leading them into the promised land. Interestingly, and I'll just throw this out, this is free this morning, God magnified Joshua with the Jordan River. And interestingly, God magnified the Lord Jesus Christ at the same river as Jesus came to John the Baptist and said, baptize me. And the Bible says as Jesus was baptized, we'll look at this tonight, uh, but as Jesus was baptized, came up straightway out of the water, and there was the voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And our Jesus was magnified, began his public ministry uh, there at the Jordan River. It's my beloved Son, and what a picture uh, that is given. Now, if we're to cross the Jordan River, we've got to give Christ his proper position. You'll never get saved until you come through Jesus Christ. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. You'll never gain victory over, over your flesh until you magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And we read of in Philippians chapter 2 of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one before whom every knee will bow 
and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I would just ask if you bowed the knee, have you yielded the hearts of the Lord Jesus Christ? We come to Revelation chapter 5. And in Revelation chapter 5, he's the worthy lamb, uh, the one the nations of the world will sing praise unto the lamb of God who is worthy. Christ is to be magnified. He is our salvation. I have come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. He is our victory. Uh, if you want victory in your home, Jesus must be magnified. He must be first and foremost. You want victory in your heart and life. Uh, Jesus must be on the throne, crucified with Christ. Magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ if you want that victory crossing your river. Do you follow the Lord? Do you sanctify your heart? Do you magnify the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's go to Joshua 3 and verse 13. And then there's the walk of faith. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark, in verse 13, of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan. The waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come into Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks at the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon a heap very far from the city Adam, and it is beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the sea salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. There's a miracle. You see, before they could cross the river, they had to step into the water. And as you read the story, as the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stepped into the water, the water overflowed its banks at this time of the year, then God held up the waters above them from upstream. And they no longer flowed, began to pile up in a heap far from the city of Adam. And the waters below began to move on down so that now the land was dry. What a miracle. You know, the Red Sea, uh, God parted the Red Sea, and there was a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left. But in this particular case, the wall of water was on the right as the Jordan River uh, ceased to flow downstream. Uh, what a miracle at this time. Made no human sense for them to step into the water, but as they obeyed, God worked the miracle. And the people walk through. Interesting, go back to Joshua chapter 2. We preached about Rahab. Look in verse number 10. Joshua 2, verse number 10. Rahab is telling the two spies. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And he says, as soon as we heard that in verse 11, these things our hearts did melt. Uh, you think about this, those near the Jordan would witness this miracle and no doubt their hearts would melt. Can you imagine what would happen to maybe some from Jericho or some of the other Canaanites? They would look and they would watch as the walls of the Jordan, the waters piled up and piled up. Miracle. 
and, and it would in their hearts, their hearts would melt as they would realize that the God of Israel, he is the living God. You know, the Christian walk is a walk of faith. It's a walk of obedience. And sometimes you have to step into places where it makes no sense. But you do so because God directed you to do so. Salvation is God's free gift. He paid the debt. There's nothing you can add to what he's done. You have to receive the gift. God works a miracle. Then within the hearts, it's a miracle of a new birth. But after salvation, we walk by faith. We walk by obedience. I heard something recently, and it, it blessed my heart. I think it applies to you. You can't do what only God can do. You, you can't save yourself. Only God can do that. But God won't do what you can do. You can't part the waters, but God won't step into the water for you. That makes sense? You can't part the water, but God won't, won't to step into it for you. You see, there are steps of faith in our Christian walk. We're going to be baptizing tonight. And for some, that will be a step of faith. That will be a step of obedience as they take that step into the water. And they're saying with their life, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He lives within my heart. And I'm giving this testimony of what Jesus has done with me. I gave that testimony personally the day before my junior year in high school. It's a very special day. It was a step of obedience for the Lord. I stepped into the water by faith. I, I was saved in junior high. I didn't get saved through baptism. Nobody ever gets saved through baptism. Uh, baptism's a picture of our salvation. But when I came forward in public testimony of what Jesus had done in my heart, uh, friends, it was as if God parted some waters for me, opened some doors. Uh, witnessing. You know, the Lord calls you, if you're saved, to be a witness for him. You say, preacher, I can't tell others about Jesus Christ. Sometimes you just got to step into the water and do what God calls you to do. Uh, somebody says, well, I, I believe God wants me to be a teacher, uh, work in a Sunday school class, help in a band ministry, but I don't know what to do. Sometimes you got to just step into the water and do what God's called you to do. Uh, God's called us to tithe and to give, and, and sometimes just stepping in, he says, prove me. Herewith saith the Lord, will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Sometimes just step in and do what God wants. Look at verse 17. It says, And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over. God got them to the other side, but they had to take steps of faith. Uh, go back to Joshua 3 and verse number 4. The latter part of the verse, he says that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. Walking where you've never been before. Uh, his presence followed the Lord, followed his word, sanctified your hearts, set apart your heart, set apart the things of this world, surrender the heart to the Lord, come for cleansing of sin, magnify the Lord Jesus Christ and take those steps of faith as God then parts the waters. I'd like for a moment here this morning, every hand